This week we're talking about the recent drop in the combined federal campaign and workplace giving in general. This is Using the Whole Whale, a podcast that brings you stories of data and technology in the nonprofit world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. You may have seen recent posts and articles coming out of Chronicle of Philanthropy, among others, around the recent drop in the combined federal campaign, the federal giving program uh, that dropped about 40% or $66 million in 2017, affecting disproportionately a, a good amount of nonprofits. Now, if this didn't affect you, you're probably not listening to this. I wanted to have a bigger discussion, though, about workplace giving and understand just a bit more what happened last year and, and what we can expect moving forward so that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Full disclosure, I'm the chairman of the board of America's Charities, a leader in workplace giving, and who better than the CEO and president of America's Charities? to come on and have this conversation with me. Uh, Jim Starr shares his knowledge and experience uh, about what happened, specifically in the CFC drop, what he thinks is going to happen in the future, and more broadly, we talk about uh, workplace giving. hope this is helpful for those that understand uh, this type of giving uh, and ecosystem. I'm here with Jim Starr, the president and CEO of America's Charities. Jim, how's it going? It's going great, George. Great to speak with you today. Yeah, well, uh, I have you on as a special guest because of the recent news about the combined federal campaign. But before we move into that, can you give us a rundown of what America's Charities does and your role in all of that? Sure thing. Um, the easiest way to describe what America's Charities does and how we like to um, describe ourselves to others is we inspire uh, organizations and employees to support the causes they care about. Uh, simply put, we raise money for nonprofits in the workplace. And we service two groups uh, in that mission. Uh, one group that we service uh, are companies uh, and organizations who want to conduct employee giving and volunteering programs. Uh, we work with them to set up a technology platform, bring in some best practices, make sure they've got all the elements and programs in place to have a very successful effort to engage their employees in giving back to their communities through uh, giving as well as volunteering. We also work with nonprofits to get them placed in workplace giving campaigns in both the private sector as well as the public sector. And there's a host of activities that we do with them to accomplish that. So we are serving both nonprofits as well as companies and their employees, all with the singular focus and mission of bringing more resources to the nonprofits that matter the most in our world. All right. Now, in the beginning, I mentioned the combined federal campaign, which it's really funny. It's kind of like this insider's club. And if you know it, you know it really well. And if you don't, you're like, why on earth? What is a what is a fed what combined CFC? Huh? Uh, yeah. Give us give us an overview of uh, of what the CFC is and then maybe lead into what happened last year. 
Sure. So the CFC, uh, the Combined Federal Campaign, is the federal government's workplace giving campaign. In fact, it is the world's largest workplace giving campaign. And in 2009, at its height, it was raising $282 million in one year for nonprofits across the country. Since that time, it has been on a steady decline. Uh, and actually got hit kind of hard in 2013 when the federal government shut down. Uh, it's been trying to rebound ever since, um, although it's continued to slowly decline since then. Uh, and in this past year, in the 2017 campaign, um, OPM, which oversees the combined federal campaign, implemented a variety of significant changes to the program. Uh, and unfortunately, due to some issues, uh, the campaign dropped 40% in one year. In 2016, it raised $167 million, and in 2017, it raised only $101 million. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a significant drop, and it, it was not evenly spread like peanut butter across. There were certain areas that suffered a bit more. Is that correct? Yeah, it um, it wasn't a uniform decline for every charity that participated. Um, we, in fact, some of our members, you know, had um, significant declines, unfortunately, but we also have members that actually had increases uh, over prior year. So it really spread, it really spread out. And there were, I think, a couple of factors uh, that impacted that. One is, you know, what's the mission of the nonprofit? <clears throat> Uh, you know, what is it that they're doing? Who are they serving? Um, but there were also some other issues with respect to the search engine that made it difficult for donors to find uh, certain charities, uh, which was one of the issues that we believe led to some of the decline this year. So, you know, my instinct here is like, was there a Trump effect in, in this year? And it seems like you're actually saying, no, it, it was mostly due to a bunch of tech changes made really quickly. And are you suggesting, Jim, that the government is not good? at creating websites? <laughs> um, yeah, they've had a few challenges in their history with uh, creating online platforms for uh, for people. Um, with respect to the Trump effect, we are still actually, we are seeing some of that. And so some of the charities that uh, did decent or even increased um, probably had a little bit of that Trump effect that was pushing them forward. Uh, in fact, some of the research that's out there is suggesting that the uh, the Trump effect is living on uh, and groups that benefited uh, from what I call the Trump bump in 16 and into 17 are continuing to feel some of the gains of that. Yeah, I mean, like it's, you know, it giveth and it taketh away, but I think this is, again, a narrative of uh, too much tech, too quickly, too poorly implemented. Uh, don't change all of the things all at once. Yeah. So there were there were um, with respect to the the, the tech. That's um, obviously was a significant impact on the campaign. Not the tech itself, but its its rollout and some of the what I'll call glitches it had uh, during the campaign. And there were other factors as well that we can get into. But with respect to the uh, online giving platform, one of the major changes that the government made to the campaign is they centralized um, 
what I'll call the back office function as well as the IT. Uh, so in the past, um, depending upon where a federal employee worked, uh, they may have had a different method or platform that they used to actually donate. Uh, that changed this past year where it was one platform that was used for the entire federal government. And with that, there were um, some issues. Um, one, it was delayed. It didn't – the platform itself – wasn't activated or ready to be used until a month after the campaign launch. So essentially, there were three to four weeks where the campaign was quote-unquote active, but employees couldn't go online to donate. Um, and you know, if you have a big push but no mechanism for people to respond to that push, um, you're going to lose uh, people from actually donating. And, and we believe that 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 did contribute to some of the decline. Some of the other issues were associated with loading the charities onto the platform. Um, one of the things that was done this past year is the application deadline. Charities have to apply to the CFC and be accepted. Kept getting pushed back um, further and further, and that created a crunch in getting all the approvals done and then getting them loaded into the platform. So the charity listings uh, weren't ready on time. Uh, the other issue with the platform was making sure they had the right employee information organized by department and agency and appropriate reporting structure and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I think probably proved a little bit more complicated than originally anticipated. You know, you would think, okay. PM Office of Personnel Management, oh, this should be a slam dunk. Uh, but it's not. Um, the employee files and structures and things of that nature, you know, vary by location by location. And the organizations that were doing that work for the campaign in the prior years had that knowledge and information, and it appears that it just didn't get transferred as efficiently or effectively as it should have in order to get the right employee file structure loaded into the uh, online giving, giving platform. And then the third tech issue that they had, which really burned me, was their search function. Um, it was not the best, and it took them over six weeks to correct. Um, an example, if your charity name had a special character like an ambersand or a hyphen or an apostrophe or something like that in it, and an employee went into search for your name um, without that, um, they wouldn't find you. And so groups that had those special characters in their name were impacted. Uh, because they couldn't be found during that six-week period. Um, now, thankfully, they they did get that fixed and addressed, but you're talking six weeks of a campaign where people couldn't find a charity. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very clear when you're in this level of minutia that you are staring at every single line of this website and implications of, of the code and errors. I want to pull back, though, to a larger landscape that workplace giving is not just limited to the CFC, the Combined Federal Campaign, you know, it's distributed. Can you talk a bit more about the larger market and the role that maybe private companies and also like counties uh, and states have been playing into workplace giving before we sort of throw the baby out with uh, with the bathwater? Oh, yeah. Um, workplace giving overall, uh, one, it's been around for a while. Uh, and uh, it it used to be uh, dominated by the United Way and United Way campaigns that were conducted in the workplace, both private sector and public sector. Uh, but it is evolving, actually evolving rapidly. Um, it is a large 
I'll call it a large market. We believe there's over four billion with a B raised each year through workplace giving efforts. So there is uh, a lot of resources and revenue for nonprofits to take advantage uh, in that space. Um, where it's moving to and where it's at is number one, it is growing. We are seeing more and more companies engage in workplace giving or providing opportunities for their employees to support charities through the workplace. Um, of course, a lot of major corporations, you know, have these kinds of programs in place. They've had them in place. They're evolving the nature of those programs, moving away from what I'll call a traditional United Way model to um, a more engaging and robust model that allows for open choice, year-round giving, special campaigns, a whole host of other things that are reinvigorating um, workplace giving and getting employees engaged in those efforts. Um, and so we're seeing just a lot of very positive change. The other thing that we're seeing is a lot of um, what I'll call midsize and even small businesses are launching their own efforts for their uh, for their employees. Uh, and in fact, at America's Charities, uh, we work with these companies and we work with a wide range of size of companies. Uh, I believe the smallest organization we work with has 100 employees uh, and they have a very successful program. Uh, the largest that we work with is over 100,000 employees. And, of course, they're raising millions of dollars in their campaign. So workplace giving is no longer the domain of the United Way, uh, and it is no longer a program simply for large business. It is a program for everybody, and there are a variety of tools uh, and approaches that can make uh, this accessible to every employee in the organization, in the United States. I think that's a really helpful context because, I, you know, I wanted this uh, particular interview to obviously touch on what the heck happened with a 40% drop in giving. And that's going to, you know, there's some people that are sitting in their fundraising departments being like, how am I going to make up for the shortfall? This used to be pennies from heaven, and now it seems like it's gone. For the other folks understanding, like, wait a minute, it, don't I get employees to donate to me when I do my independent, you know, donation drive for, for donors? Like, is this a separate pool of money? How should, you know, uh, someone sitting in their fundraising department of a mid-sized nonprofit think about tapping into these, you know, billions of dollars and the dollar signs rolling in our eyes, Jim? <laughs> yeah, uh, great question. And so, uh, workplace giving donors, these employees who donate, particularly if they're donating through recurring payroll deduction, uh, typically give a gift that can be anywhere between two to ten times larger than a nonprofit's annual gift uh, or annual donor. Um, for example, in our campaigns that we run, our average donation, not including a matching gift, is well over $500 a year. Um, and so that is typically a lot higher than most nonprofits' traditional annual donor gift. Uh, so there's incredible value in tapping the workplace uh, for these types of donations. And yes, you actually may be uh, raising money from employees um, through your annual giving efforts and direct response efforts and things of that nature. Um, but there are only one-time donors. Um, and... I think a lot of nonprofits could benefit by finding ways to convert their $100 annual gift donor to a workplace giving donor that could perhaps also have a matching gift attached to it. So they could potentially change that $100 gift 
into a thousand dollar gift. If you look at an employee that may donate $500 now through payroll deduction, because it's simple, easy, convenient, uh, make your pledge once it's taken out of your paycheck. You don't miss it. And then having that gift matched by their organization with another $500. So there's a great value in these programs for nonprofits. And this is just, I guess it's getting into the minutia. If it's taken directly out of my paycheck, does that mean like, does that mean the taxes are automatically done? Is it pre-tax, post-tax? Is there anything on that side of it? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's post-tax. Um, and so charitable contributions are never withheld pre-tax. Uh, it's up to the individual employee to decide if they actually want to claim a deduction. Uh, and we all know about the impact of the recent tax law changes potentially on that. Um, but, you know, we do provide tax receipts and acknowledgments for, for the employee's records, but it is a post-tax dollar that's taken out. All right. Since we're playing uh, the role of decipher what the government's doing, can you give me the TLDR? What do I need to know about that? Because maybe I'm somebody who's read briefly like, oh, the tax law changed. Nonprofits are done for. What is your take on that real quick? Yeah, I think it's been a little overblown with respect to the impact on charitable contributions. And so with the new tax law changes, essentially doubles the standard deduction that filers can can take, which means that a lot of people who were itemizing before will no longer itemize because the value of that standard deduction is going to be greater than their itemized deductions, which means they won't be able to claim their mortgage interest deduction or even their charitable contributions deduction if they're taking that standard uh, standard deduction. Now, there's been a lot written when the tax law changes were being debated and finally enacted that, oh my gosh, this is going to have a huge impact on charitable contributions. Every time there's a change in tax law, it impacts, it impacts philanthropy, uh, all that kind of fun stuff. Most of it's been anecdotal. Um, um, there's been one piece of research that I looked at that is forecasting a potentially five to six percent impact on charitable individual charitable giving um, uh, as a result of the tax law change. But quite honestly, I don't even think that's going to happen. Um, the, the the people that would be impacted by this, in other words, claiming the standard deduction versus itemizing beforehand, um, are kind of your mid-level donors um, or low dollar amount donors. And I don't think they donate because they're getting a tax deduction. They donate because they care about the cause that they're donating to. Um, they, they may look and view the, uh, that, that tax deduction as a reward for donating, but I don't think they look at it as an incentive or the primary motivation of why they're giving. Uh, and then donors that are making big gifts are probably at the income level in which they're itemizing, and so they'll continue to be able to itemize their deductions. Yeah, and just to put it into to perspective, about 30% of overall households um, in 2013, the last accurate bit of data, uh, used the itemized deductions. So it's not the majority, and I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. Okay. Jim, uh, I've wandered us around uh, a number of topics, uh, including the CFC and workplace giving. Uh, how do organizations get involved with this? Like, So coming back to the nonprofit listening, being like, look, Jim, is there free money waiting at the end of the rainbow if I just call up someone like America's Charities? How tall do I need to be to ride the ride, so to speak, to make this worth it? Yeah, um, that's a great question, George, and I don't think there's a uniform answer to that. Um, 
What I can say is that there's opportunity for every nonprofit to uh, get engaged in workplace giving efforts. And there's a couple of avenues that I would highly recommend. Uh, one is to uh, engage a partner organization like America's Charities and see if there is opportunity that that partner uh, can bring to your organization in getting you placed into workplace giving campaigns, private sector and public sector. Uh, there are still lots of state and local government entities that require a nonprofit to be a part of another organization like America's Charities and others uh, to participate in their workplace giving programs. It's the only way that you can get into those. And so you want to explore that, making sure that you're getting access to that. Um, taking a look at the CFC, just make sure that it's going to be a worthwhile effort for your engagement uh, to do that as well. Despite its decline, um, I do anticipate it to rebound um, and hopefully have a continual rebounded effect. A lot of the issues that we encountered last year, I do not expect to be replicated. Uh, they should be learnings. And, and we know that changes are being made uh, as we speak to ensure that the things that happened this past year don't happen again. Um, the other uh, the other things that they need to do, be doing is making sure they have visibility on the multitude of workplace giving platforms that are out there. Uh, an organization like America's Charities can help with that, but it is something that an organization can do on their own by going to the different sites uh, and claiming their quote-unquote charity profile, making sure that they're uploading content and information. One of the things that we know directly from employees is they want content. They want information. They want to know about these charities that are on their employer's uh, giving platform. And so uh, increasing the visibility. Uh, the other thing that um, any nonprofit can do is to uh, make sure that they are directing their donors and givers to donate through the workplace. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, it typically is a larger gift, 2x to 10x, that a donor will make through the workplace. And the opportunity of having that gift matched uh, is incredible as well. Uh, and then lastly, the other uh, piece of advice that I'd have for any nonprofit is to make sure that even your annual donors uh, who aren't participating or giving to you through their workplace giving effort, because they may not know about it, um, there may be a matching gift that they're not aware of as well. And so organizations like Double the Donation has widgets and tools for nonprofits to put on their site and uh, encourage their um, annual one-time donors to and see if they can get their gift matched. And so there's just a host of opportunities for nonprofits to get deeply engaged in uh, in workplace giving. Well, Jim, a uh, lot of links there. I'm going to shake you. I'm going to shake you down for where to where to post on some of these profiles in our show notes. But as we sign off, Jim, how do people find you? How do people help you? The easiest way to do that is to go to www.charities.org. Uh, you'll find a, a great deal of content uh, on our site and, and easy links to connect to us in the ways that you want to connect. And I should also note, uh, obviously, I'll be putting the disclaimer out there that I am uh, I am on the board, uh, a happy and proud board member. Uh, but also, you're you're able to service uh, companies as well. So, uh, how tall do you need to be to ride the ride, as uh, as I like to say, for for a company to to get value out of your work? Yeah, well, again, um, it depends. We work with companies of a range of different sizes, uh, anywhere from that 100-person small business 
uh, to, you know, a, a mega international corporation with over 100,000 employees across the world. Uh, we can service that broad range. We've got a, uh, different tech solutions depending upon the need of the particular organization. Um, so from a size perspective, uh, we have a solution for just about anybody. Well, Tim, I'm going to let you get back to raising more money for amazing nonprofits. Thank you so much for your time and your insight, buddy. Sure thing, George. Thank you. I'm glad we were able to jump on this as it's a recent development and get some experts' opinions on how the, the CFC is affecting people. But more importantly, even if you didn't understand workplace giving prior to this, now you at least have a toe in the water and can start exploring whether or not there's a pony there and how you can begin to have that conversation with your fundraising team and do a bit more exploring. This has been episode number 90.5 because we interrupted our regular, regularly scheduled broadcasts. And you can find those resources at wholewell.com slash podcast. This has been Using the Whole Whale. For more resources on today's show, please visit wholewhale.com slash podcast and consider following us on Twitter at Whole Whale. And thanks for joining us.